What was the moment in your life when you said, I'm going to do it personally? I, uh, in my 40th year, I had a midlife crisis, a meltdown, a breakdown. Uh, who was I behind the facade I had built as the successful businessman? And I was with my family in a camper van traveling around Europe, and I ended up in a place called Saint-Jean-Pied-de-Port, and noticed these pilgrims uh, taking off with their scallop shells. That was the first time I came across the idea of the Caminos de Santiago as a, 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 a pilgrim route, and uh, it was to take two years uh, before I was actually headed off to walk it. So I head off because I'm wanting that space to reflect on my next steps in life. Uh, I go with my best man from Ireland who, uh, uh, if you, uh, we headed off together. It was to take uh, about a week before I realized that he was traveling at a different pace and in a sense a different journey than I was on. Uh, and my, I developed a shin splint, uh, which meant that I couldn't keep up with him, I couldn't go on, so we had to part company, which was right for him, I think, and certainly right for me, that I needed to do this on my own, by myself, and to have that emptiness to really allow time for new insights to drop in about how my life might take a new direction, what it would look like. So that's what happened. Did you have to rest up because of the accident? Yes. I mean, I, one of the largest foot hospitals in Europe is in a place called Logronio, about a week into the Camino, and it's where most people arrive because they've got too much stuff in their backpack, they were unfit when they start the route, they go at the wrong pace, and then they end up with a problem. And which route did you take? Well, this was the Camino Francaise, which is the main route. About 80% of all pilgrims arriving at Santiago take this route. It's the popular route. It's when people talk about the Camino de Santiago, that's generally what people are referring to. What difference did it make to your life when you finished that walk? Oh, it was huge. Uh, um, I think part of the efficacy of the Caminos is that it takes a block of time that we normally don't give to those questions. Life is so busy and frenetic. Uh, you know, we, we usually give it maybe a week or two. You know, the holiday is a classic. But it takes that extra time to really allow not only the insights to drop in from the questions that we're asking, those deeper questions, but also time to cement the insights so that we don't lose them. So your decision after the Camino, that very first one, was to do what? It was that I was no longer going to come back to take up my old life again. That I, it was almost like blinkers had dropped off and I suddenly realized that my life was going to take a completely different direction. I wasn't sure in what direction. It just became very clear to me that I wasn't going to go back to my old business role in Dublin. That I knew at this stage was over. The community told me that. How did you manage to survive then when you gave up that income? Well, that was quite dramatic and it, that was really my testing point because at that stage not only was the source of income gone, my status had gone, my identity had gone. Everything was wrapped up in this state, this position I had. So giving it up was a big thing but I also knew I had the strength of meeting other people on the Camino, of knowing that I had another role to play. I felt really in the hands of destiny and that destiny was moving me to where I needed to go. I really felt absolute faith that
that this was going to take me where I needed to go, and I didn't know where. How long did it take you before you knew? Well, it was quite a few years before a new life, a new pattern in my life began to emerge. I mean, I never thought when I headed off for my sabbatical that I was going to end up writing guidebooks to the Camino de Santiago to help other pilgrims meet the challenge and meet the opportunity to shift and change and transform. Uh, but that's how it ended up. You based yourself in Scotland, I think, after you left Ireland. Well, I based myself at a place called Fintorn in Scotland, which is all about change and transformation. It's a community that brings people in who are changing their lives and manages and facilitates that change. So it's a, it, if you're having a meltdown, it's a very good place to end up because everybody there is supportive. Oh, wow, here's a man, here's a, the big businessman whose life's crashed. Fantastic. We might be able to tell him who he is and, and refashion him so he can go off out and back into the world doing what he came to do, doing what he loves to do. Fantastic. Whereas conventionally, my, you know, my family and my peers back at home were probably a little bit concerned. They thought I was losing the plot, probably, you know, some sort of a mental breakdown. And, you know, conventionally people don't see this as an opportunity to break through. They don't see it as, if, if you like, there's a term in psychology now called spiritual emergence. In a sense, that's what was happening to me. Uh, need, something needed, the old consensus mode needed to break down for a new pattern to emerge, to break through into. Now, in the intervening years, you've presumably seen that happen to many, many people. Many people, yes. I see, uh, well, both in terms of Fintorn being a place where people come, but the Camino itself, over the years, I've been you know, with the Camino now for a quarter of a century, off and on. Uh, it is an incredibly powerful agent for change, partly for that reason that I say to you, it's, it requires the length of time for, for, for change to happen. So it's an incredibly effective, powerful place to put yourself if you're, something in your life isn't going right and you know that it's not going right uh, and you want something new to emerge from it. The Camino is a very effective place because not only have you got the block of time reserved out for the change to happen, but also crucially you're with other people who are also going through the same process. And along the route you have people, you have monasteries, you have these albergues, and you have people who are, if you like, their life's purpose and job is to help you and facilitate you, not only your physical body get through the change, because your physical body is changing too, but that whole mental, your emotional and your spiritual and soul life and forces are changing. And so everybody on the route is there with the skills to help the shift and, the, and so it's a remarkable place for that reason. So you acquire a new family, a new community? You, you, exactly, that's, you have it in one. That's exactly what happens. You become part of the Camino family. Now, essentially, because you're all walking at more or less the same pace, your, this sort of traveling community that you meet on day one becomes your pilgrim family. You lose some because they walk faster or because they walk slower, but essentially a family builds. And over the weeks, these incredibly powerful, deep, intimate relationships form. I've had a dozen people write to me to say they've, they've met through reading the guidebook, they've recognized themselves in it, and they've married. 
they've met on the route and married. Others who have formed it. I met one man, a Japanese uh, grandfather, 87, on the route. Uh, we made this powerful relationship. He came to visit me many years later, all the way from Japan to Fintorn to see me. So that's, you, these are lifetime friends. Li they are family, more than friends. Now you've done it many, many times, and I think all the routes. So are you in the Guinness Book of Records? <laughs> um, I probably could be if there was. A, if there were, if there, certainly, uh, I don't. I don't see anybody uh, walking these routes to the extent in this, uh, that I do. Because of course, when I started writing them, it never occurred to me that they would be necessarily successful, and that if they were or to be of any use to pilgrims, they'd have to be up to date. So I never thought that I had a vision to write 12, the 12 routes, but now I have to go back every year to walk the routes that I've written about to update them. So I'm constantly on the routes. You've got a couple of the books there. Yes. Would you just show us uh, yes. those for a moment? This is the Camino Portugues, um, a wonderful route that starts from Lisbon. Uh, Porto is where most people start and goes on from Porto over uh, the Minho uh, from Valencia in, in, in uh, Portugal into Spain at Tui and up to Santiago. Becoming very, it's now the second most popular route, wonderfully waymarked and a, a more peaceful, a more sort of meditative, reflective pilgrimage than uh, the Camino de Santiago. This is the classic uh, this one. This is the classic one. It's otherwise known as the Way of St. James. Uh, or the Camino Frances, because that's it, it, all the routes join uh, on the other side of the Pyrenees and come through onto the Camino Frances. This is where 80% of pilgrims walk on this particular route. Well, we hope you'll be walking it for many years to come, John. I'm Thank sure you very much. Great pleasure. Mm -hmm.